Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello, ladies and shipbirds and the federal government who is listening on a fairly consistent basis. Now, the federal government thing doesn't mean you're not a lady or a shitbird. You could be both. But anyway, welcome to the show. Or are they them? <laughs> sure. Short Bus Debate Club. Uh, this is Brian Courtney, the they or them guy that just said that. That's Darren Jolly. Indeed. And um, we are working with some new equipment this week, which is pretty fucking exciting. We're both in essentially our own little sound booth. Um, we'll see if like uh, if that improves anything. We'll take a peek at it. Yeah. Um, so this episode, episodes, we are going to be talking about what was formerly referred to as UFOs or unidentified flying objects. Now Darren found a couple of new acronyms that they call them. Well, technically they're not acronyms, but um, initials. And what one of them was unidentified aerial phenomenon, yeah. right? They're what? both they're both UAPs ostensibly. So one of them is aerial phenomenon, unidentified aerial, and the other one is un- unidentified anomalous phenomenon. Oh. And they like when I hear people talk about it in the world where they're kind of like pumping up the discussions around this, they they seem to use them interchangeably. And the reason why I guess they're saying that they want to do this is that maybe unidentified flying objects sort of uh, denoted some sort of specific assumptions that we were making about them. And they wanted to remove those assumptions because we can't tell whether or not these are things that are uh, in these various different spaces are either they may be flying here, but they may be coming here from different dimensions. There's all kinds of weird shit. I mean, the, the idea is, is that I guess they're trying to be, uh, the royal they are trying to be humble in their assessment of uh, not assuming things that we don't know. Like the ontology is kind of wide open, so you try to keep it as ambiguous. It's like it's like a David Lynch film, you know, intentional ambiguity. So. Well, they're also, you know, trying to make things as confusing as possible for everybody. <laughs> um, because, well, I don't know. People automatically attribute UFO or now UAP with aliens. And I'm not saying that aliens do not exist. But what I'm saying is, is that if something is flying in the air and you don't know what it is and cannot identify it, then at that moment, it is a UFO regardless of whether it's a weather balloon or a fucking stealth bomber or a fucking satellite that's crashing to earth or anything that is flying or floating maybe even that's that's so that's where some of the slippery spaces get into like one of the and we'll get into this more when we get into some of the weird little uh areas where the u.s government has created uh, spaces for people that work in the intelligence communities or military military intelligence communities to 
look into these questions. Um, there's this uh, notion uh, that this, and again, we'll get more into this deeper, but uh, there was a, a group that was called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIF is uh, what they call it for short, and they created these designations called observables. And these are the various uh, properties that these alleged uh, um, transportation devices uh, possessed. And one of the things they talk about is transmedium travel. And one of the things that freaks uh, the individuals who are allegedly um, seeing these things, most of them, you know, inside military spaces, uh, transmedium travel means that they go, they can literally go from space to atmosphere to water, like in, in and out of those spaces without it affecting their speed, you know? So again, like, uh, yeah, ambiguity. Con yeah, you want to talk about confusing? Yeah, it's fucking a nightmare, you know. So, but whatever. We'll get into that more later. So, um, I I don't really know where to start because, again, me saying what I did at the the intro does not mean that I'm saying I do not believe in aliens. In fact, the opposite is true. I, I do believe that something else exists out there and for the United States or anyone on this planet to say that it's impossible or, or untrue is just the biggest crock of shit and how arrogant do you have to be especially with how bad we're fucking up this planet and the space around this planet that we're the smartest people in the galaxy we're the only the only living system. the only yeah. living sentient beings that would be a, a an incredibly arrogant but i i have a thought i i at least um you had a weird so be anecdotal, like from the beginning, like you're saying that you believe in it. So yeah. there was an experience that you had told me about when you were younger down, you, you were in the San Luis Valley, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, what happened in that incident? Well, so, um, I was about seven and my grandma ran a ranch down there. Um, a big fucking ranch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she and, and her husband ran this ranch, which meant that they were the ones in charge of hiring ranch hands, you know, making sure fences were mended, running the horses, taking the cattle to be sold, all, all of that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, they even ran um, like hunting trips and stuff for people. So it was in Southern Colorado. And if anyone has ever read books on, you know, alien life and, and how they're visiting us, regardless of whether it was Roswell or, or not, um, for some reason, Southern Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, it seemed to be... Utah, it was like a hotbed of activity. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Adams State College down in 
Mesa? Uh, or no, no, Adams in um, in Alamosa okay. has a skeleton of a horse they have named Zippy because it's an example of cattle mutilations. So cattle or, mutilations. Or horse mutilation. Well, cattle is. Yeah, let's get yeah. into some um, discussions over categories. So, fucking, we're trying to talk about non-human -bio, non biologics or non-animal biologics. So animal mutilations in general happen a lot. Um, and these mutilations made people scratch their heads because a lot of times, like, if it was a bull, um, the testicles may be gone and the stomach but everything else was intact and there was no visible incision you know just weird weird shit was happening um so no animal could have done it and no animal would have done it like to just fucking eat the balls and the stomach but leave everything else well, there maybe, maybe it was just like animal organ thieves you know? yeah or maybe it was somebody that just really liked rocky mountain oysters yeah let me get those cow balls um, put them in your mouth <laughs> so she ran the ranch um, I'm seven years old. I had no idea about fucking aliens or, you know, other life forms or anything. Outside of like stupid movies that you'd watch. Well, and I was seven. So, I mean, I don't even know that I had watched that many fucking stupid movies at that point. You had watched Star Wars. Yeah, but I don't think I ever thought of that as like an alien invasion movie. That was a cool, like, sci-fi space shooting action adventure movie. And I know that... I love you and your, your, your splitting of hairs. Well, whatever. At seven years <laughs> old. <laughs> well, again, I don't know that I, I knew what space was. Sure. So, me and my cousins, we're all sleeping outside. My mom and her brother and sisters were in the, the bunkhouse, which the bunkhouse is generally where the ranch hands stay, um, as opposed to the main house. What time of year was it? Summertime. Okay. I don't know for sure, but we're, we're camping outside. Um, and I guess now that I think about it, I knew this for the story, but my mom's brother hadn't even been there yet. Um, so we're all camping outside and this fucking really bright light flies over us and all of us freak out and we get scared and we run to the fucking bunkhouse and we're like, oh my God, there's light. It flew over and whatever. All of the parents said, yeah, yeah, we saw it too. Go back outside and go to sleep. <laughs> um, my uncle showed up later on that night and we were all outside. So the kids hadn't, didn't hear this that night. We didn't hear it until the next morning, but my uncle was driving down this dirt road on the way to the ranch and he freaked out because a light flew over his car and it completely killed the car. Battery just went dead. All the lights went off. Radio didn't work. I mean, it was just fucking dead. Lights went away. Hour later, car starts up again. Um, so, no, obviously none of us know what it was, who it was, why it happened. But 
you know, in whatever the fuck, 1980, um, I think I had an alien encounter, mm -hmm. or at least an unidentified flying object <laughs> encounter. <laughs> or at least an anomalous, an aerial, whatever, unidentified anomalous phenomena. Right. So, um, you know, between the cattle mutilations and, and stuff like that, I think that some weird shit has definitely happened. Um, but again, UFO does not mean it's aliens. And for that matter, I don't know if you can identify it if that means it's not. Um, Elaborate on that a little bit. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying that I don't, I don't know that we always know what's going on. You know, they say, oh, well, that wasn't a UFO. That was a weather balloon. Mm -hmm. Or it was, you know, a test flight for some new thing. Or a satellite was crashing or some, some anything. So you're talking about, like, uh, like military defense developments or something like right. that. Right. Or, or these days it could, they could say, oh, well, no, it was a, a new drone that we're testing. Mm -hmm. Or it was a helicopter and it had a different lighting system. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not – we didn't want to do this episode – so that we can say aliens exist. But we also didn't want to do this episode to say that they don't, mm -hmm. um, I guess is what I'm getting at. So part of the reason why I kind of was interested in it, like I've mentioned many times before, uh, I, I watch or I listen to Breaking Points uh, a fair amount. And uh, Sagar on uh, Breaking Points is a UFO fanatic. He's just a goofy motherfucker so he'll have this dude named jeremy corbell who's on uh he's 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 like a i guess you call him he's a journalist ish kind of person um and uh he will go when big stories break or uh, spaces that need to be looked into you know with regards to like i said maybe there's this aspect of an intelligence community that's some, doing something maybe there's this pilot that saw something he'll sort of go and uh, vet the stories, you know, there so like there was an incident about a couple months ago where this kid called fucking 911 in Las Vegas, right? And he's like, there's something in my backyard that's like eight to 10 feet tall and this thing landed and blah, blah, this. And so the cops come out and the cops suggested there was another police officer in the area that had seen something that looked odd. Um, so they went and uh, there were a lot of statements that were made. Um, the family was, and it was the kid, the kid was the original one that had seen it. Allegedly some other family members thought that, you know, they suggested they'd seen it too. There was this big circle that was in the back of uh, uh, their yard. Um, and the suggestion was that there was something that actually landed in their backyard Crop circle type yeah, thing, but, but the, without the, the shapes. Well, and but that it opened and something. I mean, they don't say that they saw it open, but they saw something that had come out of allegedly come out of this thing that had landed in their backyard that was eight to ten feet tall. Um, so Cor Corbell, he'd go out and uh, because especially because uh, there was sort of like a critical mass thing, like a lot of people were sort of looking at it 
uh, you, you gain access to the, uh, the, the call, you know, for, for, for 911. Um, you know, you, you talk to the kid, you talk to the rest of the family, you talk to the police officer that said that they'd seen something, you know, he goes down that. And then uh, the photographs of the circle that was in the backyard, um, he sort of tries to see whether or not what it is that's being uh, suggested makes any sense, right? Uh, of course, at the end of the day, there was no evidence beyond, because I don't think anybody, if there was a photograph, I don't think anybody took a photograph, which sucks, you know, you, if, you, if you're going to, I promise you, if I see anything like that in my situation, I'm going to try to get some physical evidence of what it is that's happening. But one thing that's repeated many, many times over um, in these instances, um, and something that's repeated over and over, particularly with mil in military situations, is uh, like radar gets fucked up. They're, they're, it's not like their planes turn off, but anything that would allow you to document the circumstance suddenly is no longer in play. So a lot of times, uh, like pilots, somebody will have a camera and they, they take a picture. So there, there are instances where that happened. But in this, this case in Vegas, and I'm not sure what they ended up finding out with regards to the Vegas one, that was a lot less interesting to me than some of the other things that have been coming out lately. Um, but Corbell's one of those guys that goes down and, uh, and vets the this, this story to see whether or not there's any degree of credibility. But uh, Corbell is always on, I digress, Corbell's always on breaking points. He'll talk about these various instances and in June of 2023, there is an individual uh, whose name is David Grush. And David Grush is, uh, he's another uh, US, he's an Air Force officer and a former intelligence pop, uh, officer who uh, had started to sort of go through this whistleblower process where he basically had announced to, um, the Pentagon that he was going to start talking about some of these things that inside of the intelligence circles that he was working in, um, he's going to talk about some of the things that that he had seen and other people had reported to him. Let me, let me not that he had seen, but several other people in the area where he was working had reported to him seeing, and uh, they uh, asked him not to do this. Uh, they. And tried and allegedly tried to intimidate him in various different ways uh, to not to not come out and start talking about these things. But despite that fact, uh, he did this uh, big interview. I can't remember what station he did it on, but uh, what he essentially suggested, and it's important to like note, uh, and this is common when people that are inside of those intelligence circles decide that they're going to do this whistleblowing thing or remove themselves from those uh, positions and start to talk about the things that are being reported. Um, there are certain things that uh, a person can say when you have classified clearances, and then there are spaces that you're not allowed to go into at all. And if you go into those spaces, then you can be you know, subject to Espionage Act, all the kind of shit that happened with Snowden and Assange, you know, where you get uh, uh, not just heavily scrutinized or threatened because of what it is that you're saying, they fucking literally put you in jail and throw away the fucking key. Like what's going on with this Or song. just make you look like a kook and fucking discredit exactly. you all the way across. Whatever, the whatever they can do to discredit. That's part of the reason why this David Grush guy is interesting because he had been in the Air Force and in those communities for 19 years before he decided to sort of remove himself through that space. So uh, the rhetorical disposition is that he's very credible, right? 
so, but what he said publicly um, is that many unnamed sources or officials suggest that there are tons of non-human space spacecraft possessed by the U.S. and other uh, other agencies, other governments, as part of a new Cold War. And the new Cold War is focusing on uh, recovering these crafts, these this these unidentified anomalous phenomenon or aerial phenomenon <laughs> and <laughs> taking the tech and attempting to reverse engineer it. And there's sort of like this whole community of space where you have this collection of various individuals who, again, were part of these intelligence spaces. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Bob Lazar, who is an engineer. Um, he, who, he suggested that he was part of a group that was commissioned to be one of the uh, reverse engineering people. Um, so he's kind of like Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day. Except for he didn't go be a cable guy. He wasn't, well, Jeff Goldblum wasn't reverse engineering anything, was he? I'm pretty sure when they was. when they went into when they so after the oh no attack, it was the other guy that was doing the reverse engineering because Jeff Goldblum had gotten booted from the yeah, sorry I I didn't mean to sidetrack no, no, you're, I was you're, just you're fine he had no aspirations he ended up going and working for a cable company then all that shit starts to happen and then they end up at Area 51 and he's down there and that goofy ass bastard who's the Department of State guy's like, oh yeah, we've known about this stuff for years. And yeah. The fucking dumbass president, Bill, Bill Pullman, I think was playing it, says, uh, what? You know, and then they go look at it and then he does start to work with them to do, but the reverse engineering has been happening for, for a years. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Goldblum does help them to sort of like continue to negotiate those spaces. But yeah, I mean, like on a Hollywood level, you know, what is going on in Area 51 with fucking... Uh, I can't remember what his name is, the one that played fucking Data on uh, Next Gen, right? Like Brent he, Spiner? Spiner, that's right, Brent, Brent Spiner, yeah, good call. I should know that, I'm a fucking, like, Next Gen was like my fucking indoctrination as a child. But uh, yes, so in this space, uh, so Grush makes this statement publicly, um, he's talked to a bunch of different people, he only will say certain things. All of his knowledge is secondhand knowledge. He's not been the one that's been in these rooms, but there was sort of, after he came out and said all this and then sort of put a context on it by saying it's a new Cold War, the reverse engineering of this technology, um, it's sort of like has exploded in the psyche, you know, the popular, popular cultural psyche of certain uh, places inside the US and, and around the globe for that matter. So because of that a lot of interesting things have happened over the course of the last couple months so including a house committee hearing that happened yesterday which again we'll talk about that more specifically as we get get deeper into it but it's interesting how there's a context that's being constructed a narrative you know that sort of like is uh, being uh, developed through grush and through these other individuals where it seems like the basic logic that lies beneath everything that they're saying is uh, these UAPs, uh, they're, they're a threat. They could be a potential threat and that we need to start developing technologies uh, that would allow us to protect ourselves if some, you know, if, if independence they happen, right? Yeah. So. Right. So there are... Are you saying that we are trying to construct a narrative so that they can justify an extra 
$1.2 trillion for research and development for the new weapon of the future. And I, I, I know I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I was kind of joking um, tongue in cheek because they do like to construct stories about security so that they can justify some sort of spending. And if this dildo who was talking on MSNBC and C-SPAN and, you know, CNN and Fox and all of these other channels that were recording it, if now all of a sudden, you know, the voters are scared and shaking their fist about what are you going to do to protect us, um, then next year in the fucking House budget session, they don't feel as bad when they throw a couple extra zeros on, on that R&D budget for DARPA. I think that like a few things are true about military spending in the United States and throughout the globe, right? I mean, uh, every year it gets greater, it gets larger. Um, we went from Iraq, Iraq and Afghanistan to, uh, you know, Syria and all these various different actions throughout the globe. Uh, we have, I don't know how many, 800 different base, 300, 800 different, I can't remember what the numbers, we've got bases all over the fucking place though. Um, and I can't help but, and again, this could me just be me, you know, looking at in the rearview mirror and creating my own kind of narrative. Um, and again, as Brian suggested before, our intentions aren't to to say yes or no. I do agree with Brian's um, suggestion that if the universe and if we have multi dimensions that we don't understand, if these things exist, for us to think that we're the only uh, form of intelligent or otherwise life, that would not just be arrogant, that would just be mathematically dumb. So, um, but again, like, what I what I want to do, though, is to get to see, like, once a narrative like this starts to get structured, and considering the spaces that are driving the dialogue right now that are sort of like uh, uh, starting to push us to a space where socially, we're going to start demanding more evidence, right? Like, it's all secondhand knowledge at this point in time, right? So, uh, you know, we want to see the pictures. We want to see, you know, if there are non-human biologics, we want to know what they look like. We want to see pictures of them. It creates this space where, to kind of wrap it back around to the military thing, so you have Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, we finally pull out of Afghanistan formally last year. Well, year, oh, it's been over a year now. Fuck's sake, man, time goes really fast. No shit. Um, so when I say formally, just like Syria, you have, uh, there, there are still like drones and shit that happen, and there are definitely still uh, private military actors that are in all these different places functioning, whether it be Iraq or you know Syria or Afghanistan. Um, but uh, or the Ukraine now, for to be sure, um, there's been a huge uh, pushback from the U.S. population against military activity in the Ukraine. We went from Afghanistan to the Ukraine so quickly. Um, I can't help but just so with the with the U.S. population becoming very fickle about their uh, belief in a continued presence or pushing of uh, arms, uh, logistics um, into the Ukraine, as long as that starts to get negative, it would be very beneficial for the Department of Defense and the Pentagon to have uh, a new 
logic that would continue to drive money flowing into the the development of weapons and all that. And and like terrorism was after 9/11 like aliens could be to the nth the nth degree. And well, and that because of the research and development part because here's another thing that probably most of the taxpayers don't think about or or maybe understand or like okay, so let's assume that the government believes there are other life forms out there, but they don't know what they are and they don't know where they're coming from, but they just assume that at some point they're going to attack or we need, you know, some sort of defense in case they do. Well, if we don't know anything about them, if we don't know if they're carbon-based or if they breathe oxygen or if they have fucking eyes in the front of their head or if they use telepathy or any of these things. Or if the women have eyes on their boobs. So right. That they, they can see when we're... <laughs> hands, hands off, that buddy. Was, that was Christy Alley, right? In that Saturday Night Live, <laughs> right? I don't know. I think, I think it was. I know it was a Saturday Night Live thing, but sorry. But yeah. no, it's fine. Just, I mean, what I'm getting at is to say we're developing this weapon to stop these things, then that's stupid because we don't know what would actually stop that thing. Um, but that's the that's the beauty of an open ended. Right. The, that's why I said the research and development thing because they're gonna just keep throwing zeros on it just in case it's this type or it's this type. It's like. Uh, I think it was Scary Movie 3. All of these aliens were here. And this guy fucking said, well, you were choking me. And he said, no, that's how we say hello. And he's like, well, how do you say goodbye? And he kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> and then they peed from their index finger. And, you know, everything was completely different. So, I mean... To say that we're developing a weapon to stop whatever, whomever, is also incredibly fucking arrogant. And, and just one of those, we're feigning so that you don't actually know what we're doing. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's like in the way that it's being bottled, like, like I said, like right now, everything's secondhand, right? And there's a suggestion that was made by Grush. Okay, so one other thing that I should say um, quickly is that the things had gotten to a critical mass so much that uh, on the 26th of July yesterday, um, there was a house uh, there was a house oversight committee that had a hearing on unidentified anomalous. Phenomena. Phenomena. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I can't fucking ever remember that shit. Um, but uh, the the three people that sat uh, to testify on this uh, on this oversight committee um, were uh, a dude named Ryan Graves, who was a, a Navy fighter pilot, uh, retired commander, who was also a he in the in the incident that he was involved in. He was flying an F eighteen. Um, uh, they referred to it as the Tic Tac incident in, in 2004, and David Grush sat sat on this uh, uh, this committee. Um, 
and the way that everything was framed so you have these two very high standing uh reputable military act i mean they're all three high standing reputable military actors for their careers um graves was a really good pilot and uh um Fravor was also a really good pirate who ascended like even higher into like uh, you know the more on the sitting at a fucking desk military um, spaces, um, and there's like photos at least of the Tic Tac incident. That's the one in 2004 where Fravor was um, flying off the coast of San Diego. Um, they were uh, in I can't remember what the name of the fucking I'll, I'll find it later, but they were they were in uh, uh, an aircraft carrier like uh, they were running uh, tests, you know, uh, with this with with one of our big naval sort of like aircraft carrier and uh, other warship positions. They were they went up in the air and again I'll get more into the depth of what it was that happened uh, later on. But he got a photograph and there was some film that was taken of this tic tac thing. Um, again, uh, in the other uh, instance, 2014, uh, Ryan Graves, uh, he, there was uh, these ones they didn't get photos of, but the suggestion was uh, that they were dark gray or black cubes inside of a clear sphere, which is just fucking bizarre. You know, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to fucking think about anything like that. But again, uh, the point that I'm trying to make is about framing. So you have these two pilots that have seen these things, uh, that have talked about it now, um, they, they, again, nobody wanted them to talk about it allegedly, but they're talking about it now. And like Rush, uh, those two pilots, at least they have firsthand, but they don't have firsthand in the way where like, if uh, it's a recovered aircraft or a recovered UAP, um, where you got an engineer sitting there, uh, they're seeing things and touching things uh, in a in a very intimate way. Grush, again, all of his accounts are secondhand, right? But uh, the logic is still being structured in this way to where, like, if you're writing a book, right, you you don't give everybody everything all at once. It has to sort of the narrative has to develop in a progressive kind of way. And if people are going to become fully invested in this. These these asshats that are making these that are creating this buzz, they know what they're doing. They they I mean, one of the main guys who was uh, at the beginning of it was this guy from 2017. Uh, he was the head of what was that other acronym? Uh, again, not not really an acronym. Uh, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, is what they called it. Uh, his name was Lou Elizondo. He did a bunch of shit that ended up on the History Channel where they're talking about. Um, they're going around and interviewing all these different people that have made suggestions. Like he went and talked to Fravor and he went to talk to Graves. Um, but his existence inside of the military was pure counterintelligence, like for years, right? So like, if you want to come and talk to me about the people that I trust least about any shit that comes out of their mouth, if a person spent their entire military career in counterintelligence, you're not the guy that's going to instill a lot of fucking faith in me with regards to telling me about ufos so but it's like again like in the progression of the narrative the next space is people are going to make a greater demand for real physical evidence and if that physical evidence is presented to a population 
and you instill the kind of fear that what, what you were talking about, you're, they're, we're going to sign a blank check, you know, and they'll be able to R&D their shit to the end of fucking time. That Tic Tac one, when allegedly when Fravor went down to, to see it, not necessarily engage it, but get a better look and get closer to it and where it got to where they were both occupying the same space space on a radar uh, where you can't see them as they, they look like one on the radar at that point in time. The Tic Tac thing like turned towards Fravor and then over the course of a minute got 60 miles away. Yeah, right? I saw the video. Yeah. Um, Cause it was on a documentary, right? It's been on a ton of different things. Yeah. yeah. But 3,600 miles an hour. I mean, so like, what aircraft do we have that can that can move six times, five six times the speed of sound? You know, not well, none that we know of. Yeah, that we know. Yeah, okay. And that's that's the thing. And maybe they are doing it to to write a blank check. Maybe they are doing it because they don't want us to see whatever else they're doing, um, which at this point could be anything. It could be something to do with. Ukraine, it could be fucking they're trying to cut some sort of deal with China to quit fucking with Taiwan. It could be something to do with Cuba. I mean, that there's just a whole list of shit that they probably don't want us to see. And the easiest way for us to not see it is if we're looking at something else. And Aliens, because I, I just looked it up because I couldn't remember for sure when it happened. Um, Roswell happened in 1947. Yeah. So it has been something that has been of interest to the American population, and I'm guessing the global population. Yes, yes, not just. I'm pretty sure aliens don't even know what an American flag is or what it means. Well, they think it's a blanket. Yeah. Yes. In a thousand years from now, after we're all dead, they'll be like, these are really pretty blankets that these guys made. Those motherfuckers sure can make a blanket. Um, I know that I've heard of, of stories in, in Russia where something happened. And for this episode, part of my research was to pull up shit in the UK. Um, and I've got some kind of funny shit to say about <laughs> that. But um, it it's... I won't say it's been top of mind, but it's something that has always had the ability to sell a newspaper. I mean, the fucking Inquirer and the shitty fucking news rags that they sell, you know, at the yeah. end cap of the, the, globe and, yeah. the grocery store not, line. Not as much now as when we were kids, but my God, when we were growing up, there were like six of those fucking goofy. Right, and always on the cover was some story about an alien coming to the planet or an alien doing some sort of test or someone admitting to being probed by an alien. An alien or... read with Roseanne Barr. Right, <laughs> just shit like that. So they've always had the ability to sell newspapers or, or media in general. I mean, there were you know, shows on aliens. Um, fuck, it's been that way since, again, probably War of the Worlds. I mean... Well, that was, uh, what, what was his name? That was, uh, was it Orson Citizen Wolf? Kane. Yeah, it was yeah. Orson Welles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he went on and did the fake War of the Worlds. Well, and the, the entire 
belief is that it wasn't really fake. It was completely real. But, you know, the United States shut him down and had him admit that it was fake afterward and, and whatever. So, you know, I don't know. Was it was it Roswell? Was it War of the Worlds? Was it a combination of the two? But something was it Star Wars? Something has it was Marty McFly dude. kept that that entire notion of alien life alive and well in in our psyche because it captured that imagination. Yeah, I am Darth Vader. I am from the planet Vulcan. <laughs> so Marty McFly. Um, it is it is weird how oh and just as a, a really stupid conspiracy theory comment, um, and then the screeners Screen Actors Guild just announced their uh, their strike right now. So the the writers are on strike, uh, the actors are on strike. So what better time would it be to make a nice little narrative that everybody's looking at because you don't have many new movies that are going to be made except for that Oppenheimer just came out and uh, Barbie. Yeah. Right. Oh, the Barbie thing has got to be huge. I just know because I keep getting fucking on my Yahoo for my phone. Mm -hmm. it, it always says Cold Stone Creamery and something about Barbie ice cream. I don't know what the fuck Barbie ice cream is, but Cold Stone has it's it. probably black. So. <laughs> you told me that joke when I was fucking like, I don't know, 16, 17, and what, I was stoned joke? as a motherfucker. The barbecue joke. Don't tell any of my And I was so high that I laughed forever, and I tried to tell it again, and a lot of people didn't laugh. Dude, speaking of barbecue, it is hotter than a motherfucker in here. You could smoke meat in this room. I got some, uh, some nice... Uh... Like uh, got a pork rub, loin pork over rub. there. Yeah, we could we could do a little pork rub. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know I rudely interrupted you when uh, I started talking about Roswell well, and and forever. I was yielding because I was talking too long. There to since nineteen forty seven. Um, you know what's interesting about forty seven though? Just I mean, since you, you you brought that up, I mean, is so like. And obviously, like we'll have so much because aliens in pop culture. When we get into the pop culture segment, we'll have, we I, mean, I could talk for seven days about fucking aliens and alien spacecraft and pop culture. But uh, without going too much into it, one of the main ideas of the of the Star Trek series is the concept of the Prime Directive, right? And the idea of the Prime Directive is that when uh, civilizations develop, they have to develop in their at their own rate, right? And and until you're actually capable socially and mentally and collectively of uh, working with each other inside of your society and possibly working with uh, other societies that are outside of your society, adjacent societies. Um, you can't really have aliens landing on a planet like saying, here, let me give you this, you know, you got, you got some bow and arrows. Let me give you this phaser, you know, right. and you'll be able to fucking kill everybody on the planet and you'll be the ruler of everywhere because you have magic, right? at that point. So like in Star Trek, you're not allowed to fucking do anything like that. Um, and I, when, when the 40s, because a lot of stuff like, and, and maybe that's just because like, you know, uh, newspapers had become sort of developed at that point in time. So maybe information was spreading quicker and I'm just attributing something to it that it doesn't really, shouldn't really attribute to it. But if I were an alien race and I was outside of the earth watching the earth 
you know, just sort of like as an anthropological sort of like practice, right? Um, one thing that would make me very interested in going and seeing how the society developed was when technologically they were capable of splitting the atom, you know? So we, we do this thing with Nagasaki and Hiroshima and then all the tests down in, in New Mexico that fucked all those fucking people up and, you know, because of the aftermath of the bomb tests and all that shit. Um, I, that's a tangent. I'm not, I'm not trying to go off on a tangent. No. But um, if I was an alien and I saw that happen, I would probably start taking a closer look at the uh, at the globe, at, at, at Earth, you know, whatever the fuck, at 217B2 in the YFC uh, galaxy, you know, however they identify. Yeah. Us. The so 47 is pretty close after that. The blue marble. Yeah. The blue marble, yes. Um, well, you know, and, and some conspiracy theorists say that aliens have been among us for a really, really fucking long time, that they gave us the technology to build the pyramids, um, that they gave us lots of our technologies. Um, the shit that was on top of Machu Picchu. Yeah, and like the, the spike, um that we talked about when we were talking about, you know, fossil fuels and the industrial revolution and all of that shit. Um, I've heard that a lot, the spike in how much we started producing oh, and using. Thinking, okay. The exponential boom, 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 boom. Okay. Um, but a lot of those technologies came to us from alien life. But you'd think that if alien life did give us those technologies, they might have said, you know what? This is much more efficient. So why don't you use this instead? Um, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're asshole aliens and they wanted to see us kill ourselves. Well, this, I mean, that by itself is a really interesting and important question because a lot of times when we like uh, uh, construct, you know, these imaginary spaces, whether it be, whether it be through books or music or movies, or uh, we generally tend to think of uh, invaders is sort of like monolithic, you know, like you uh, you have these huge ships that come from one alien uh, civilization that comes and, and fucks with the earth. I mean, shit, for all we know, we've got three types of aliens that pass from different, from the multiverse into the earths, and one of them's fucking with us over here like that and fucking with them over there like that, and then another one fucking with them like that, but then you also have them coming from, you know, uh, the other side of the galaxy or they're going through wormholes to come and fucking like take a peek at us so we could have you know 11 different types of alien races that are like pushing little buttons you know given given the chinese this and given the u.s that and given the uk was what was the what was the uk story that you wanted to tell well there there were actually quite a few but i guess the the nuts and bolts of it are are this and then it kind of circles back into like the military thing. But so if you want to look at the, the UK stuff, um, you can go to the United Kingdom National Archives. And from 1950 to uh, 2009, the UK had a desk that was specific to UFOs. Um, again, not necessarily for aliens, um, but it was to make sure that, you know, 
the air defenses for the UK were secure. So this, this desk was in charge of res, uh, responding to um, any sort of request or um, picture, whatever. They were supposed to respond, but they were also supposed to follow up and see what it was, what it may have been. So there are pages and pages and pages of these files. Um, I pulled three at random. I, I think I picked the first or second file that was at the top of the page. I picked one in the middle and then one toward the bottom. Some of it has to be laden with some pretty heavy jittery. Oh, the, it's fucking huge, dude. So, and and for some reason they uh, they ended up combining some of them to where like you pulled down a file and it was thirteen pages. Um, one of them that really made me laugh was like from two thousand eight, and somebody wrote the prime minister at the time a message directly he wrote him a letter asking about you know alien life um you know when they're going to attack if they're going to attack you know what sort of um thoughts did he have on it um how how is the UK going to protect its citizenry and that kind of shit um most of the information was redacted. Um, names, addresses, things like that were pulled out. Uh, a lot of people were requesting jobs with the UFO desk because they wanted to see alien life. Um, so there, if, if you want to have a laugh, it's pretty good. There were some sketches involved in some of them. Um, but here's here's the reason that I said it circles back into the military thing, um, because, you know, I mentioned that a lot of the information was redacted, but that was names and, and addresses to protect the identity of whoever wrote that letter. But some of the files were classified and will continue to be classified until like 2071. And I'm not talking about they were just classified like this year and you have to wait until 2071. I mean like they were classified 10 years ago or 15 years ago and they're not going to be. And the UK calls it unclassified, not declassified. What, but what would, what would qualify something for a classification of that long? Well, does I mean maybe alien life? I don't know. I would think that if it were aliens, that that file just wouldn't show up at all, and it wouldn't have the designation of classified or unclassified, declassified. It would just remain hidden. Um, so if I had to guess, I would say that. Because, okay, regardless of whether you're an ally or an enemy, I think that there's some sort of unspoken agreement 
for all of the the governments globally where we're not going to tell everybody what you've got as long as you don't tell everybody what we've got. And so more than likely, it was probably one of their own aircraft or an allied aircraft that was being tested and someone saw it and said, hey, what is this? Or they took pictures of it. And, but I mean, it could have been anything because we're talking about, again, a, an extremely long time. So that's what makes me think it's something to do with the military because they're probably figuring that by 2071, that technology is going to be old news. Everybody's going to have it by 2071, um, where aliens... You know, they're probably still going to be giving these vagaries and, and this, well, maybe they exist. Maybe they don't. Um, I bet we're you, not sure. I bet you Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel were playing hanky-panky with an alien, and she ended up having a half-breed. And that's why they ended up coming over to the U.S., because they didn't want those aliens in breeding with their, uh, their, right. their pure bloodline. So. And by 2071, it'll be more than old enough to protect himself you can't refer to him as a kid oh. or it I, I said him yeah and right we, and we gotta we gotta be you know respectful of this alien uh, <laughs> identification so yeah i mean people stupid people are not limited to just being in the united states they're it's a it's a global thing. <laughs> um, the short bus is a global form of transportation. <laughs> Get on board. Um, but really, again, National Archives, Ministry of Defense, UFO desk, and it was open from 1950 to 2009. The guys working the desk basically were happy as hell. <laughs> to have the desk being closed because they were just so tired of responding to, you know, the job inquiries and whatever else. I mean, some of it were little kids drawing pictures. Uh, well, my kids saw this. Um, there were pictures of weird blurry shit over Stonehenge. Um, you know, weird, blurry shit over Big Ben, um, Parliament. Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> there was a sketch of what looked like, um, you know, the thing, what the fuck do they call it? Is it a scabbard? The thing that painters keep their paint on? It's not a scabbard. The scabbard's where you put your fucking sword in, isn't it? I don't fucking know. I'm brain... a, pa a pallet, right? It's a pallet. Yeah, it? maybe it is a pallet. I uh, um anyway, the um there was a picture that looked like that that they said they saw that flying over. So there was just a, a ton of stupid shit and based on you know what this division of the Ministry of Defense what they're job was is that they had to respond to the letter and then follow up and and there were some people from 
parliament that we're sending inquiries to the desk. So <laughs> again, stupid politicians not limited to the United States. I think that that is definitely those. I mean, that's almost like stupid and politician, like it's almost redundant. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a global phenomenon. Um, of the non-aerial variety. I mean, you, I know you said there was a bunch of stuff in there that was redacted, but was there anything like substantive at all that you found or anything that wasn't just... Not that like, I saw. The only thing that really piqued my interest was the ones that were going to remain classified until, you know, yeah, 2071. That's a, weird, that's a weird why. Right. You know, what did this person actually see or say? that constituted yeah us burying it in the fucking yeah and and who was it so again i think it had something to do with them testing their own equipment or the united states was testing something and they didn't want its citizenry to know something along those lines mm -hmm. if i had to guess uh, but so i read another article and Typically, I would cite my source, but I can't remember what the the periodical was called. Um, it was 16 things that are commonly mistaken for a UFO, <laughs> which the title of the fucking article is stupid because, again, if they can't identify it, then it is a UFO. But... Um, one of them were it was military aircraft, uh, either known military aircraft or unknown military aircraft. And they talked about the fact that when the United States was testing its, oh, so it's Sky at Night? Uh, yeah, skyatnightmagazine.com. Okay. Yep. So, as he Pearson is the byline, um, was the the stealth bomber because it was just being tested to see, you know, one can it defeat radar? Is it quiet enough? Does it do all of these things? So, a lot of times, people would see the stealth bomber, and We'd never seen a plane. Right. Was, I mean, the lock, like I remember before that, the Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird was the, you know, it was the one when I was younger that people, but that still looked like a fucking plane, right? But the, the, the B-1s, I haven't looked at the B-2, the next generation, but yeah, they look more like fucking weird-ass Frisbees kind of. Not, well, there were a like, bunch of them. I, not, not the SR-71s, but a bunch of military aircraft that were talked about as being, you know, mistaken for a UFO. Um, one of the other ones was like a, a rocket that was being launched. Uh, and I don't know, they talked about weird shit like gas being in the air and the sun coming off the ocean or some shit. Um, weather balloons was another one. Uh, I can't remember what all 16 of them are, but again, you know, if you can't identify it, it's probably unidentified. Um, I know that back in 20, 
I want to say 2015, I kept seeing this weird fucking light and it would go way up in the sky and then it would drop straight fucking down. And one time it would be orange and then the next time it would be red and then blue and green. And I thought, what the fuck is that? And I'm, I decide I'm going to drive around the neighborhood because I, I got to try to find this thing. I never found it, but I kind of figured out with, or at least I thought I figured out in my head that it probably is just some kid fucking around with a drone, you know, because they've got all the cool fucking LEDs on it. They can go fairly high. Um, and it was probably just some kid fucking around with his remote control toy he or her. He sees you. They, they see you sitting there looking at it going like that. Right. And they're like, oh, let's fuck with this guy. But it never did any weird shit like fucking, you know, jetted up in an angle that shouldn't be seen or it didn't do the tic-tac thing and it couldn't go 3,600 miles per hour. Or maybe it could have. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I never witnessed any of that. So at that point, for me, that was a UFO. I didn't know what the fuck it was. I still don't know for sure what it was. I just have an idea that it probably isn't an alien, probably wasn't military aircraft, probably is a toy. Mm. Um, I've not ever had any experiences seeing anything. I mean, I remember being down on Pearl Street when I was younger. And I was sitting out front with Christina, Dan's ex-high yeah. school person. And uh, I was watching a satellite, you know, that was, you know, because you can see satellites if you fucking got your eyes open and you're looking up at the sky. And then I saw a light that moved in a bunch of weird directions. And I was like, I, I was like, what is that, Christina? And she's like, that's fucking weird. I don't know what the fuck that is. But again... It's just a light in the sky. And there, like you said, there's there's so many things that I don't understand about certain technological spaces that something could be happening there that I just I just don't understand. I mean, like we both said, we both agree that something's out there, but who the fuck? What the fuck? I don't fucking know. So since you talked about Pearl Street, it, it reminded me of something. And I can't remember whether it's the Denver Post or the Rocky Mountain News. I, I can't remember where the fuck I was, but I was out. And this is your 15 minutes of fame, right? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it that, but yeah. Um or at least my sisters. So my sister's at home with her friend, and apparently that night they see a, a UFO. Um, so Pearl Street was the or the street Darren was just talking about, and it was one block from the street where I lived, and I was on Pennsylvania, and we were at the top of this hill. Um, my sister and her friend apparently saw a UFO. They called the cops because it scared them, so the cops show up. Um, later on that night when I did get home, I didn't know what it was, but they were scared and they wanted to go see it. It landed in this field, basically, I don't know, two and a half blocks from our house. Um, and it was a big field. Horses lived on, or lived, <laughs> were kept on, you know, the periphery of this, this field. Um, 
so I went down there and I had a, a dowel, a, a long dowel. And I went down there with my sister and her friend and just to check shit out. The, the dowel was for your, like, Rutger Hauer blind fury. Yeah, it was my weapon. Because, again, if you're fighting aliens, the best thing to do is fight them the way you would a human. Right? With a stick, a gun, knife, whatever. Um, it's, it's so <laughs> self-evident that that's a fact. <laughs> so we went down there. Apparently, one of the newspaper reporters were listening to their scanner because a couple of days later, they show up to talk to my sister and her friend. Clearly a really busy news week. And they took a picture, like we had this flower box that was about, I don't know, three or four feet high, maybe not that high, but the photographer stood on this flower box and had my sister and her friend look up at the photographer. And I can't remember what the headline was, but I remember that it said my sister's name and her friend's name, and then, and the brother armed with a stick walked down to Pearl Street to investigate. And we found some shit that kind of looked like burns and, you know, we're kids. I mean, I'm a teenager, so things start flickering and we're like, this is where it fucking landed. And there are the burn marks on the trees. Well, the burn marks weren't burn marks. The burn marks were fucking like uh, this tar shit that they put on trees to basically fix a, a tree wound. Um, it's medicine for trees. But at the time, looked like burns. You know, so we're going crazy and aliens were there and whatever. And I ended up in the newspaper because I was armed with a stick to fight aliens. Very chivalrous of you. Yeah, I know. I'm a hell of a guy that way. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Pearl Street, Darren probably did see aliens. It might have been the same night that my sister and her friend saw that alien. I'm disappointed that I didn't see any burn tar. Because all I saw was some lights that were moving in weird directions at way too high of an altitude. Not well, very exciting. Apparently, these weren't at a very high altitude at all because they saw it land at Pearl Street. Um, There's a party on Pearl Street. The aliens have landed. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen some shit, and fuck, it could be aliens. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, most of it doesn't matter. You know, on an infinite timeline, somebody's going to bump into us at some point in time. I would assume. I would hope that it would happen sooner than later. I think that uh, something like that would create two pretty stark possibilities. Either it would make people, like, have a turn against each other in a horrible way out of straight fear, you know, or people might... Come on together, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to love one another right now. You know, like, we are fucking up this planet on a daily basis, and, and we probably don't have much longer. And if aliens are out there watching, maybe they're thinking, ah, fuck it, just let them 
kill themselves, and then we'll go and grab the rest of the shit as soon as they're They're just biding their time until we... But they got to make sure that we don't totally fuck everything up, you know? I mean, like, if water is like the gold mine in the universe, like so many stupid science fiction movies tend to suggest, if we destroy all the fucking, you know, non-salinated water or whatever, you know, I mean, maybe they just come down here and help us get rid of it real quick, you know, the rest of us real quick. Well, and that's... I mean, that's kind of one of the things I was thinking is not necessarily about the water thing, because I'm guessing if they've fucking, you know, perfected the ability to fly at the speed of light, then they can probably clean up some water. Yeah, they got a desalination process and, and a number of other processes. But, you know, if I have a neighbor that has a fucked up lawn with a bunch of fucking shit piled up and whatever you know i might go over and say hey clean up your fucking yard it looks like shit you're bringing down my property value whatever well we have gotten to the point and i don't know how long for sure we've been doing it but the united states just has trash and and maybe russia and whoever else but we've just got trash going around in space because you know old satellites that are up there they don't bring them down they just let them keep floating so there's like a dump in space so i think if i was a if i was an alien life form i think i'd drop by the planet just to say hey clean up your fucking yard it looks like shit um and that's what the air around that's what our atmosphere is yeah we we can't even fucking fly through here without hitting a fucking shopping cart. And it fucking stinks. <laughs> you gotta go stunk as, I can smell that shit from fucking Jupiter. So, Jesus Christ. So clean up your fucking shit. You think you're so fucking advanced? The fucking aboriginals never made that shit stink so bad. So we are coming up on an hour and ten minutes. Um... I know we're going to talk about more unidentified flying objects or unidentified aerial phenomenon or unidentified anomalous phenomenon. anomalous phenomenon or all three in the next half. But are we going to talk about it with any specificity or... Well, I think I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about some of the stuff that happened in the the subcommittees yesterday. Okay. Talk a little bit about the way that um, what's that dude's name? Alessandro. Yeah, Lou, or Gosh. Lou, Lou Alessandro. How they're how they're framing the security threat concept because a lot of this movement. Is galvanizing. I mean, it's funny. Like and again, this is stuff that, that I'll talk more about in the in the pop culture. But my favorite, like, recent recent-ish alien movie is is Arrival, right? And uh, these twelve ships, you know, come to Earth. Uh, they find a way to communicate with 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 Earth, and everybody's got like through the twelve ships. All these different people in all these different locations have part of a big puzzle right so like the question is 
the way that they pose it in, in the movie is there's a potential for humanity to come in, come together by perceiving these this alien these alien actors as a threat, or is there's something else that they're they're offering to us to where there's more of an altruistic position in relation to it. And because the spaces where if there are actual real technologies being held by people in positions of power, the if it's real, and like I'll say, I'll just say for right now, I'm just going to assume that on some level they have, there, there are multiple actors throughout the globe, you know, whether it be Saudi Arabia, China, Russia, uh, Venezuela, you know, the United States, they have this, um, they have recovered crafts and they're working independently on reverse engineering, the UK, you know. Um, it seems like things are only being framed from one perspective, from that defense perspective. And, and, and like, I just want to spend a little bit of time looking at like how uh, deliberate this the structure of this narrative is. Because um, regardless of whether or not I'm reading too much into it, there's no doubt that they're not talking about diplomacy, right? They're talking about uh, the potential for military threat creating the necessity for uh, us to create a response in relation to that. So, um, uh, which would be a terminal, you know, research and development towards uh, technologies towards defense or offense, rather, in most in defense, which means offense in this day and age. So, um, I think that that's something that as we think about these discussions and where they're being put out right now, um, we need to have a very sober mind in relation to it. So I want to look at how that's being framed a little. Okay. I, I think another thing that we need to, to touch on again is, you know, what makes you credible or what makes you an expert with regard to alien life or UFOs or, you know, Yes. UAPs. Why should or, we be listening to these, this right. person or that person? Yeah. Um, because just just because you're a fucking expert engineer or a rocket scientist doesn't mean that you are, you know, an alien expert or an expert in aircraft that can fly without the use of fossil fuels yeah. or whatever the case is. So I, I think we should touch on that a little bit. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about much more amusing things than that, but yeah, because we don't ever go on tangents or anything like that. Right. That never, ever fucking happens. We follow the fucking, we got an outline structure focus from start to finish directed a B C there's no fucking D unless we talked about C. Um, okay, so anything to wrap this one up? Is our cell phone the 720-334 or 344-334? 3, 720-334, roll, bitches. And short bus debate club at yahoo.com. And don't fucking forget, you feds, you shitbirds, or you ladies, we have shirts for sale. Um, sure, you'll put the uh, the link in the, the bottom. Yeah, in the description. So go buy a fucking shirt. Show your support. 
Um, <laughs> we'll talk to you in the next episode. All right, wait. Hasta luego.